This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the program Spotlight, now we bring you a discussion on significance of Indo-China high-level talks. The participants are Professor Swaran Singh, Chairman, Center for International Politics, JNU, and Simran Sodhi, journalist. The high-level dialogue held between India and China in the capital under the framework of Special Representatives Dialogue to hold talks on the India-China boundary issue. The Indian side was represented by National Security Advisor Ajit Doval and the Chinese Foreign Minister represented his country, Mr. Wang Yi. Professor Singh, when you see this high-level meeting between India and China and the representatives to discuss the boundary issue, keeping in mind the fact that India and China also have a relationship which is often under strain, which is sometimes very smooth, how significant is the fact that the special representatives meet regularly, they discuss the boundary issue and this keeps the India-China relationship smooth? First thing to understand about this special representatives dialogue, other than the fact that this is 22nd round, is that other than what we now have the informal summit meetings of two leaders between President Xi Jinping and Prime Minister Modi, this is the highest level of dialogue other than that meeting. Because both are special representatives and therefore the confidants of their respective leaders. When the idea was conceived was only to focus on border affairs. But because of their close proximity to their respective leaders, their discussions often go beyond border discussions and set a tone and often work as a medium to understand each other's responses on some of the irritants, some of the difficult issues. And that makes it relatively a generic mechanism which can therefore intervene to rectify overall tone and tenor of India-China relations. I think in that sense, given the fact that recently we had certain issues, for example, China has twice taken the issue of Kashmir to United Nations, first on 13th August, and three days back they again tried after the Foreign Minister of Pakistan wrote a letter to United Nations that this issue should be again discussed. Of course, this time it was not discussed. We also had a situation where the same dialogue was to happen much earlier in September, but this was postponed for scheduling problems as it was explained at that time. And more recently, the India-China Business Council was to meet and that meeting again got cancelled. So there have been several hiccups. I think in that sense, uh, the 22nd round of special representatives hold a great significance to put the relationship on even keel and sort of give it a direction which ensures that both sides are able to understand each other and work together as developmental partners. Professor Singh, as you yourself just mentioned, the factor of China that always plays into the India-China relationship. And we have seen that China has always stood in solidarity with Pakistan, whether it is the designation of terrorists at the United Nations, whether it is CPEC and a lot of other issues which India has felt very strongly about, which India has taken to various international forums, for example, the UN. And it has been supported by almost every major power. But we see that China has an attitude when it comes to picking between India and Pakistan, their obvious choice is Pakistan. So when we put this dynamic into the India-China bilateral ties, how does this affect the relationship? That is a unique relationship that China has had with the two countries, North Korea and with Pakistan. Very often, it's not easy to understand why this strong relationship between these two states. There is hardly anything common between the two states. China is atheist, Pakistan is Islamic Republic, very often military has been ruling Pakistan, for example, 33 years of last 72 years. So the only thing, therefore, that can help us understand this unusual relationship 
of China and Pakistan is A, that Pakistan was one of the first Islamic countries to recognize the communist China and it had great sensitivity towards Pakistan because the neighboring province of Xinjiang, which is Uyghur Muslim and Muslim dominated province or autonomous region, has been a restive region, very, very restless region for China and therefore to be friendly to the next door neighbor Islamic country was compulsion of China. We have also over time heard experts talk about how this was also aimed at India or containing India. But I also want to underline the fact that since 1990s there have been occasions and there have been periods when China has really emphasized relationship with India being much more important to them. For example, the Kargil war episode would be a good example where China stood by the sanctity of line of actual control which India was sort of propagating at that time as important. Nawaz Sharif had to come back, etc. There are few episodes where Chinese have tried to ensure that they can balance between Pakistan and India, even go to the extent of privileging India over Pakistan. But of course, the normal relationship has been much more tilted towards Pakistan than India. And now because Pakistan is facing several internal difficulties and therefore on issues like Kashmir we have seen China repeatedly working with Pakistan and that is why I think these talks become really significant that we need to really ask these clarifications as to why China need to internationalize Kashmir because normal policy of China is that this is a bilateral issue and I think likewise several other areas where we could get in this opportunity to clarify to each other what are the irritants and confusions in the relationship. Professor Singh, we also saw that the Chinese Foreign Ministry yesterday said that these talks would focus on the delimitation of border, boundary management and a host of bilateral and international issues. And there are a lot of international, bilateral, regional issues where we find India and China are talking, are cooperating, are part of bigger regional organizations. For example, if you look at Afghanistan, and Afghanistan is a topic which comes up whenever we talk about India-China, India-Pakistan, India-US. How do you see the fact that in Afghanistan today, we see that India has been an active player for a very long time. Pakistan has been doing its own cross-border terrorism in Afghanistan. But we also find China playing a much more active role in Afghanistan. Is Afghanistan then a place where India and China can positively cooperate? This 22nd round of the special representatives happening today is also their first round after the reorganization of India's Jammu and Kashmir province into two autonomous union territories and therefore because of new maps being issued China has to respond they have also said this is impacting on their sovereignty etc so in that sense this is the first meeting after that and they would have I am sure certain brainstorming on what Chinese think and what India wants to explain in the larger region indeed very often that has been a much more beneficial framework for China and India to work together whether it is regional issues or global issues China and India often share a common vision and they have common shared strategies as to how to deal with those regional and international challenges challenges that they face. Afghanistan is an example which is interesting because of the special relationship of China and Pakistan, which is where for a long time India was kept out of China-Pakistan dialogue, China-Russia-Pakistan dialogue on how to stabilize situation in Afghanistan. But last year when the informal summit happened in Wuhan, we came to know much later that a new model called 2 plus 1 model was proposed by Xi Jinping and accepted by Indian Prime Minister. And that was meant 
to treat each other as equal partners and then take initiatives even infrastructure projects in third countries and the first initiative that happened was in Afghanistan providing a joint training to Afghan diplomats which happened in India's Foreign Service Institute this was supposed to also expand training to other sectors of Afghan government officials take it to other countries as China would like it to so there are sectors even within the immediate periphery where China would like to see India partnering and endorsing China's initiatives and India of course has unprecedented level of investments in infrastructure building in Afghanistan and it is a recognition of India's very significant role in Afghanistan that China has partnered to work together with India to begin with in Afghanistan. We also see that this is the first high-level visit from China after the informal summit between Prime Minister Modi and the Chinese leader Xi Jinping. We also see that the India-China relationship has come under a bit of strain after India decided to pull out of RCEP. How do you feel RCEP is going to play in the bilateral relationship as we move forward? Because India still has a lot of questions, a lot of doubts about RCEP. And we've seen this dynamic is affecting a lot of other relationships and a lot of other agreements. Very simple. In the RCEP nations, other than China, India is the second largest economy. Japan, of course, also is large economy. But I'm talking here of economy which is not yet open to Chinese in terms of having a free trade agreement. So RCEP, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership Agreement, would have opened up this large Indian economy to free flow of Chinese commodities. Because RCEP does not discuss much about services, which is where India has enormous advantage to export. In RCEP, other nations, for example, already have FTRC and has FTA with both China and India. India has FTAs with Japan, Korea and ASEAN. So fundamentally, India and China do not have an FTA and that would have opened up door for Chinese flooding their manufactured commodities to India, which is important for them because their trade with the United States, which is the largest importer of Chinese commodities, is coming under strain and they are looking for alternative markets, therefore. India has its own serious challenges of the 15 partners that India would have in RCEP. India already has had problem of trade deficit with 11 of them, with China being the largest trade deficit in Indian case, about 55 plus billion dollars of trade deficit. And opening doors would become therefore one-sided and India decided to ensure that our especially small and medium industries are protected, our sectors are protected until they are ready to compete and act in, in the way that other nations want us to act. Also, if RCEP can potentially take on services to be opened up for Indian exports into these countries. So China's great attraction was that India should join RCEP and open doors for its manufacturing sectors. It has not happened. It has upset Chinese a little bit, I think they are still attempting that India will open up and join RCEP. So that is something which has also added to the mutual sort of inclinations with each other and that has also created a little discomfort in China because they thought India would open up and India has said that we are not ready as yet. Professor Singh, we also see that the meeting today in between the special representatives of India and China follows the 2 plus 2 dialogue which was held in DC between India and the United States. And the joint statement that has been issued after the 2 plus 2 India-US dialogue has also called for a free, open and prosperous in South China Sea. In the India-Pacific or the South China Sea, how do you see this as maybe a subtle hint towards China? Because we have had a lot of countries in the ASEAN also complaining, not being very happy about the way China is showing a lot of aggression in these waters. Do you feel that India-US joint statement is giving a message to China? The fact that today India-China representatives are meeting yesterday, India-US dialogue took place. Does one connect the dots here? Absolutely. In fact, Chinese get really sensitive 
regard to what India could be or would be doing together working with the United States and also with United States allies, for example, with Japan and Australia and the Quad, which is quadrilateral of four countries in the Indo-Pacific, US, Japan, Australia and India, has in September been raised to the ministerial level. And that has been really noticed in China with a great alarm, I would say. And they're really thinking that these are efforts to contain China. And some of these neighboring countries of China are really worried about the way China has expanded and improved its access and control on South China Sea. And Indo-Pacific debate believes that South China Sea is hub of the Indo-Pacific region. So two plus two dialogues that India has now had with Japan and U.S., and especially the US 2 plus 2 happening just on eve of the special representative's talks in New Delhi would have a direct connection and I'm sure this will be part of the discussion as to what are the worries that China may have about India and United States sort of really inching closer to each other, India becoming a very close major defense partner of United States. That would definitely worry the Chinese leadership and I'm sure that would be an area for discussion and clarification as they meet today. Professor Singh, a lot has been written about the rise of China, which is making a lot of countries uncomfortable. There is a lot of analysis also going on that maybe what we see, the growing defense security partnership between India and the United States today is also a way of balancing out what we see a very aggressive rise of China in terms not just the economy, but also the military strength which is going up. Do you feel that the India-China relationship will suffer or will get better because of this? One could think of both possibilities. There is no doubt in last 40 years, the rise of China, at least in terms of economic growth rates, has been unprecedented. A military modernization of China, naval modernization, they have just launched the second aircraft carrier, indigenously built, does impinge on its neighbors. There are concerns and there are skepticism as to why would China need that kind of strong naval presence in open oceans all the way to Indian Ocean. And I wouldn't deny that that has been partly the factor why India has over time become much closer to United States. Of course, the agenda of United States vis-a-vis China and India's agenda vis-a-vis China are very different. For example, among other things, India has repeatedly said that we don't want Indo-Pacific to become an exclusive club to get militarized. So Beijing understands that India is a very large and very, very autonomy, independence conscious country and therefore they are not going to bandwagon United States. But sometimes dialogues 2 plus 2 happening between India and United States, joint statements that come out of it, they get perhaps out of proportion response from Beijing. And I think this is an occasion today that two special representatives will be able to talk to each other and clarify these situations. Thank you. Thank you very much. You were listening to a discussion on significance of Indo-China high-level talks. The participants were Professor Swaran Singh, Chairman, Center for International Politics, JNU, and Simran Sodhi, Journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You can also follow us on the News on AIR app for updates. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.